Welcome to the Self-Care Tarot Podcast with me, Kat Crawford. A podcast that uses tarot to delve a little deeper into self-exploration, enhance your journaling and aid with spiritual development. Hello my dears, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Care Tarot Podcast. I've literally just hit record and now there's so many dogs outside deciding to have an absolute bargy. So if you can hear yapping, I do apologise, <laughs> but it is the dogs outside deciding that now is the time to have a fight. So yeah, sorry if you can hear that. So I've been working on a pretty big rebrand this week for the self-care emporium. Well, I've been working on it for a couple of weeks now, but it's basically a realignment of the self-care emporium, what we offer, what our focus is, what our kind of objectives is. Objectives is? Is that good grammar? Objectives are. And so business has been very on my mind recently and it is a big informer of this episode. So this week's episode is primarily aimed at those of you with your own businesses or maybe like a creative or some sort of soul-led project that you've been trying to make a full-time thing because this week we're talking about imposter syndrome and even if you don't own your own business that's fine imposter syndrome can attack everyone and anyone so continue to listen even if you're not a businessy person there's there may be something in it for you who knows just let's go on the journey together so yes it is true that something pretty much everyone will experience in their life whether they're career-minded or life-minded family-minded whatever it is so the idea of imposter syndrome is as a business owner and a creative person is something that I am all too familiar with and one that can really mess up your chances of success and achievement so we're going to be using the seven of swords to dismantle our ideas of imposter syndrome and finally see it for what it is which is a fraud within itself so let's get stuck in grab your journals grab your seven of swords card and let's start working through this fight against imposter syndrome So let's start as we always do, which is by taking a look at the card we're going to be working with in this episode and how it can help us with our chosen topic. So today we're working with the Seven of Swords, a card that I very rarely get, not just in my own readings, but also in my readings for clients. I always find that there are maybe three or four cards within a 78 deck. 78 card deck that I just never get like I never get the star I never get seven of swords there's just ones that I don't know whether either they don't want to talk to me or it's just not relevant who knows but the seven of swords is one of those cards so writing this episode was definitely 
a kind of journey and lesson for me as well in how I see the Seven of Swords. And it was the first card that came to mind when I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. So I don't know, maybe it was just saving itself up, especially for this episode. And here we are. So the Seven of Swords at its most basic level refers to deception, betrayal, trickery. And if you've got the Rider Waite card or a deck that is based off the Rider Waite imagery, um, then it's a card that features a male figure. I'm assuming it's male, could be female, who knows? Sneaking away from a camp, having just robbed all the swords. But he's then looking back over his shoulder at two swords that he's... I don't know whether he's just not been able to carry them or he's decided to leave behind, but there's two swords that he's not carrying anyway. And the majority of the time... The Minor Arcana, which is the the Four Suits, refers to our kind of daily psychological processes. So with this also being a swords card, the rulers of communication, thought and logic, it comes as no surprise really that this is a card that pairs very nicely with feeling like a fraud and feeling like someone is going to find you out at any moment because it's not really an emotion even though it is a feeling it's not an emotion it's a feeling that's created by your thought and your mental processes and your mindset and your beliefs about yourself so the seven of swords helps to identify these feelings of kind of trickery and deceit to show us that this is something that we're carrying with us at this moment and once it's identified, you can then start to work through it. But if it goes unidentified, it can often be mistaken for like general incompetence or lack of skill. Basically, you underestimating your your value and your abilities. And when this card appears in a spread or as a daily card pull, you know, maybe you've done a daily card pull today and it's the Seven of Swords. Questions need to be asked such as, Am I being honest with myself and others? Where is this feeling of fraudulence really coming from? Or am I allowing myself to see the real me? Or am I showing myself, allowing myself, not allowing myself to see myself? I said myself a lot of times then. (laughs) Am I allowing myself to see the real me? Or am I showing myself a duller, kind of underplayed version of myself, 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 myself. And then we have imposter syndrome. And when imposter syndrome strikes, and it does strike fast and hard, we aren't being truthful to ourselves. We're downgrading our accomplishments or skills. We question our value and our status maybe in the world as a whole or maybe just in your business or your relationship or your family whatever it is you know that is kind of your context and your environment and for those that own their own businesses you may find imposter syndrome striking when you want to grow your business or if you get offered like a huge opportunity or a chance to take maybe a new course that will allow you to develop a side of your business that has maybe been lacking or in need of like a refresh. And like most perceivably negative emotions, I'm going to say perceivably negative because I think emotions 
are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Relative. Emotions are all relative depending on who you are. So like most perceivably negative emotions and thoughts, imposter syndrome is based on fear. So yet again, fear is the root cause of imposter syndrome rearing its ugly head. And we talk a lot about fear on the podcast because it's such a huge and broad um, blockage that we always come up against. And fear is the root of a lot of those blocks that we get day to day and also some of the bigger blocks that we have in life. So if you find that I'm just constantly talking about fear all the time, it's because it really is like at the core of a lot of the stuff that we we work through. And this fear kind of comes up and strikes you. I'm using strike a lot. I feel very like passionate <laughs> about the word strike. But it strikes you strikes up to kind of stop you from taking risks and to stop you from putting yourself in a vulnerable position where your pride and your ego will or may be bruised. It's safer to play small and not be told you're a failure like by someone else or feel like a failure or disappointment or be laughed at by your peers or other people than it is to really take a risk and head out there. So one of the ways uh, I've experienced imposter syndrome is whenever I come up with a new course or a service idea for the the self-care emporium. And I always end up thinking, oh, nobody will buy this off me. Why would they? Like, who am I to offer this information? Who am I to stand up in a crowd and say, hey, I'm an expert at this thing. So come and listen to what I have to say about it. And if I let that imposter syndrome run rampant I would never get anything done and I certainly wouldn't have a podcast let me tell you because it took me a very long time to just like get the courage (laughs) to speak into a microphone and put it online for people to listen to was very terrifying considering I used to YouTube I was quite surprised at how terrifying a podcast seemed to me but here we are and all imposter syndrome does is keep you stationary and make you passive so that you end up watching everyone else live your dream life or dream business while you hide away in the dark because you think you're not good enough to share the stage with all those people. But you are because you're 100%, you know, good enough to do whatever it is you're doing because you're already doing it. If you weren't good enough, you wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Just... It, it just makes sense. It's just logic. So I 100% guarantee you that you are good enough to do whatever it is that your imposter syndrome is telling you you're not good enough to do. Hello, my dears. I just want to quickly jump into this episode just to remind you that if you do want a tarot reading one-on-one with me, I offer two different types of tarot readings. So you can have a video call with me where we talk for an hour we do a 10 card reading and we just basically go over everything that the cards are telling you or the guidance that they're giving and also working out a plan of action for you after the reading as well or if you want that but you're not keen on those video calls you're not a big zoomer then you can get an email reading which is a little bit cheaper but still packed full of all the goodness of a one-on-one reading Plus, if you are looking to do self-care tarot for yourself, you want to read like me, you want to read like 
we do on the podcast then you can head over to the digital shop on the selfcareemporium.com there will be a link in the show notes and you can grab your self-care tarot workbook and that is a really detailed workbook that will help you start to read the tarot in a very self-care self-developmental way and it is just 11 pound 11p because 11 11 it's meant to be and yeah so if you want to check that out again the links will be in the show notes and that is it for all my promotion and we're going to get back to the episode so let's go okie dokie so i am going to read you a few quotes and i'll see if you can guess who said each of these things and obviously i can't hear you from here because it's not live So you'll have to be honest with me (laughs) if you get them right or not. But here we go. You think, why would anybody want to see me again in a movie? And I don't know how to act anyway, so why am I even doing this? Can you guess who said that? It was 21-time Oscar nominee, three times Oscar winner, Miss Meryl Streep. So Meryl Streep always has these feelings of why would anybody want to watch me in a movie? And she even has just said she can't act anyway. Well, clearly that's not true because she's one of the greatest actresses of all time. So let's quickly do another one. So how about this one? So I have written 11 books, but each time I think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. So that one was Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award nominee, Grammy winner and Presidential Medal of Freedom holder, Maya Angelou. So Maya Angelou had once said that everybody in her industry, all of her peers are going to find out that she's just making it all up and that she's not really as amazing as everybody thinks she is. So as you can see, imposter syndrome doesn't just happen to those starting out like right at the beginning it can happen to the most established piece people in all different types of industries and the most famous people in the world and the you know average joe of next door probably thinks it as well so it is not something that is just for those people starting out on their journey you kind of feel this imposter syndrome at any point throughout your journey. Both of these women, Meryl Streep and Maya Angelou, are legends within their industry and beyond that, just legends in general. And yet both of them have had moments where they thought they had just winged their way to the top without any real skill to show for it. And obviously, as an outsider, we can look at that and go, well, that is clearly not true. Like, we can clearly see that you have talent and you have skill. But sometimes we have to take that step out of ourselves, be that kind of outsider and looking in to be able to see the truth of what our imposter syndrome is telling us. Because most of the time there is no fact in those imposing thoughts. All of the basis for those imposter syndrome thoughts are rooted in that fear and nothing else. There's no evidence to back it up. And the very definition of an imposter is a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain, which I'm assuming you are not. And if you are, 
then you haven't got imposter syndrome. You're just a straight up criminal and you need help that I cannot give you. So another aspect and often a big catalyst for imposter syndrome is comparison. And you may or may not have heard of the old saying that comparison is the thief of joy and comparison really is the thief of joy. And often when we look at others in our industry or our community and compare what we're doing to what they're doing, imposter syndrome is just kind of rubbing its greasy, horrible little hands together behind you being like, (laughs) they want you to compare yourself to others because then you can find evidence to back up that imposter syndrome. And that's what it wants. And I was thinking a lot about this particular thing about this comparison and looking at other people in our own industries because I am always trying to stop myself from comparing my business to others in the same industry and I don't know why I keep doing it because it's never helpful I never compare myself to another business and then walk away feeling like oh I'm amazing I always feel like oh I didn't do this and they did this and it was so much better and blah 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 so I don't know why I keep doing it but I do it's like a form of punishment for myself and a lot of the time I find myself thinking well why would I create this thing when this person has already created what I want to do theirs is more established and probably way better than what I have to offer so why would I bother and then I thought could you imagine if we only had like one scientist or one doctor per specific subject in the whole world. So one person like working on cancer research, one person working on like Alzheimer's research, one doctor being a specialist in only heart surgery and nobody else in the world could be a specialist in heart surgery. We'd never get anywhere. Progress would be halted completely because there would be only one person, one person's mind, one person's idea, one person's voice as the voice of that thing. And what if some up-and-coming scientist didn't bother looking into how to better treat a specific disease because someone at some point had already looked into it? What if that person had missed something? Like the person maybe didn't have the right technology at the time or maybe they didn't have the right resources or you know they just didn't have that important one-off unique idea at the right time in the right place. So the same goes for pretty much everything but as you may know if you've listened to a couple of my episodes I am a little bit obsessed with psychology and the same goes for psychologists and I'm going to pick this out because I know a lot more psychologists than I do scientists and doctors. So I've talked about my love of psychology in the past on the podcast and within psychology there are hundreds of famous and renowned psychologists and a lot of their theories are debunked or counteracted with other psychological theories. So for example both Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud had theories about the unconscious and the unconscious mind for example but could you imagine if Carl Jung had never created his own theories about the unconscious because Freud had already done it so like why bother and he probably did it better anyway because Carl Jung idolized Sigmund Freud everything that came after Jung's theories that used his theories to build on and find new discoveries and explore new avenues you know to to really 
assess how the mind works and look into different theories and, and other kind of branches off of what Carl Jung had talked about, none of that would exist. And the world would be like like a tree with no branches. It's just like one giant trunk. Like there's nothing branching off or going in different directions. So we need to we need to make the thing. We need to do the course. We need to create the workbook. We need to create the service. Even if somebody else in your industry has done it, they have done it their way. And their way not may not be the best way for everybody. So there may be a group within their audience that actually is like, well, you know, they're kind of fulfilling a need, but they're not fulfilling it in the best way possible for those people. However, if you stepped up and gave your take on it, if you gave, you know, your creative vision, your ideas, you added your uniqueness to it, that might then appeal to those people and you are not only giving the same service, but you're giving it in a better way for those people. So, for example, in my Tarot for Beginners course, when I was planning that out, and I need to do kind of refresh it a little bit. But one thing I really wanted to do was create video lessons because I'm a visual learner and I find video lessons and tutorials easier to follow than like written words. But I also know that other people find reading information a lot easier to digest and process so I wanted to offer a video lesson and then I wanted to offer a written transcript as well so that people could decide which one to use based off what is best for them so when you are comparing yourself to other people in your industry you're comparing yourself to competitors or whatever it may be and you're thinking, oh, they, they've probably done it way better than I've done it. And who am I to like give this information and blah, blah, blah. Remember that your take and whatever it is that you're doing, your unique voice, that is something that needs to be brought out into the world. Because really, it's not really up to you as to whether it's going to be better than somebody else's. That's up to your audience. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well in a minute. So there is plenty of room in the world for your ideas, your takes, your interpretations. In fact, it is encouraged. Nobody can see things the way that you see them because each and every single human has a, had a different experience of this life than somebody else. So even if you grow up in the same house, I know that I haven't had the exact same experience of life as my siblings, even though we have the same genetic ingredients and upbringing and we were both, you know, we all three of us were brought up by the same parents in the same houses in the same areas, even though we all have that in common, it does not mean that we all have the same view and outlook and opinions on life. Even twins will have a different experience of the world than the other one. So it's experiences opinions, ideas, perceptions that you have as an individual that will always make what you have to offer unique. So remember that similar is not the same. So just because you create a course that is similar to what somebody else has done does not make it the same. It's 100% yours and yours alone. 
And if you, for example, if you paint something that is based on another image or inspired by another painting, it's still unique to you because nobody else could replicate the brush strokes you've used, the techniques, the way your hand moved, the areas you chose to focus on, you know, your own flair, your own style. Nobody could replicate that. And before we move on to the journal prompts for this episode, there's one final thing I want to touch on. So making everything a competition will not lead you to success. It will only lead you to frustration and discontent. Allowing yourself to think, well, why should I do X? Because this person has already done it better than I could ever do it. This is a mindset that is pitting you as a person against another person when in fact it's your customers or clients or members that you should be thinking about first and foremost. So you personally are not in competition with another person. If it is your business, if it is a project, a creative project, whatever it is, it should be all about that business, that project. Especially when we make kind of solo businesses or we're a solo entrepreneur, we can often make our business or tie our business too much into our personal sense of self, our personal value. And we need to really work on keeping those two things separate because if we can, then it becomes less about who you are as a person and more about what your business can offer. So whenever moments of imposter syndrome rise up, stop and think about whether this is the ego looking for sympathy or reassurance, or if it is backed up by solid evidence. So a lot to digest in this episode, a lot of me rambling on, hopefully coherently, but we're going to move on now to the journal prompts and get you working with that Seven of Swords energy to take a look at your own imposter syndrome. So let's go to prompt one. So prompt one is I want you to write down one thing that is currently making you feel like an imposter. So it may be something you're aiming for, it may be something you've just achieved, whatever it is, make it your focus for this session. And then prompt two, I want you to take a look at that statement and pick out the key reasonings behind your statement. So why do you feel like an imposter? What do you feel you don't have that others do? What are you afraid of? A lot to unpack in the prompt two. So maybe give it a bit of time. Spend a bit of time on it. Prompt three, and there are four prompts this week. So prompt three, review your answers to prompt two and start to think about any evidence you have to back up your reasonings. Cold, hard evidence, not thoughts or beliefs you have about yourself, actual as evidence like experiences, skills, degrees, whatever it is. And then finally, prompt four, now rewire that imposter syndrome by finding evidence and reasons why you're not a fraud and fill in the blanks in the sentence below. So they'll be in the show notes if you need to review them, but I'll go through them now anyway, so it's fine. So you can choose whichever sentence best suits your needs or you can try a mix of all three or repeat them as many times as you need to. Whatever you want to do, you'll do you. So fill in the blanks in these sentences. I can dot 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 because I have blank. I can blank because I am blank. There's quite a few of these actually. I didn't realise until I just started reading them. Next one is I can blank because I can blank. I deserve 
blank because I blank. And then the final one, I should be proud of myself because blank. So there are quite a few in there that you can kind of choose which ones you want to do, whatever kind of suits your reasonings best, or just make a note of them and then, you know, use them at other times. It's fine. So even if your reason for not being able to achieve something is, I don't have the skills to whatever, you can learn the skills. You can change routines, you can make time, you can switch careers, and there is always a solution. So we're really trying to find with these prompts, trying to strike up the um, inspiration to find these solutions so that imposter syndrome doesn't have a leg to stand on. So the next time you start to feel imposter syndrome, syndrome, syndrome creeping in, remember this podcast and whack it in your ears, listen to it as many times as you need to, do the journal prompts as many times as you need to. It will be a case of you will face up to imposter syndrome no matter where you are in life, no matter how old you are, no matter how professional you are, how big your business is there will always be something that the imposter syndrome can kind of come in and feed off. But it's worth remembering that imposter syndrome can be overcome, but you need to be mindful of how and why it pops up in the first place. So you can stop whatever it is going on, your imposter syndrome, right in its tracks. And also it's important to remember that you will face criticism from someone at some point in your long life, some people may not like what you have to offer. Trust me, I'm a tarot reader who has messages from the deeply religious people saying I'm going to hell or whatever, blah, 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 save my soul. Your opinion of yourself matters the most. Without your own support, you can't help yourself and you can't help others. Oh, I have a dead leg. So <laughs> let me just move slightly. I really, I can't feel any of my leg. I'm sat on the floor. Anyway, that is the end of this episode. That's it for this episode. I hope it was helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me rambling on. And yeah, if you enjoyed the episode, remember to leave a review, leave a rating on whatever platform you love to listen to podcasts on. If it has a review or rating function, I don't know. And also remember to sign up for the mailing list so that you get weekly email updates of the episodes, the journal prompts, and a couple of little extra tidbits in there as well. So that is it. I hope you all have a lovely week and I will speak to you next week for another episode. So bye bye guys. See you soon. <laughs>